and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Friday, August 11th. Field, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here mm. talking about all the excitement that was Patriots Texans last night. Field, can we do 60 minutes on just that one preseason game alone? Uh, we had two games. Uh, the second game, we're going to do an entire show. Oh, okay, gotcha. I have some thoughts on the second game as well, some that hit close to home. Uh, but yeah, by the way, what an honor it was. Like when you intro the three of us, you just said field. Meanwhile, you had to refer to Mike uh, Clay as Mike, Mike Clay. Which, Clay. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know anyone else named field. I know a lot of people named Mike. Well, so I mean, people that, I mean, that often from like in terms of like body type and like, you know, physical stature, people often uh, confuse you with both of the prior ESPN employees, Mike Golick Jr. and Senior. That's so right. it's, that it's actually, notable that, that he calls out. you Mike Clay. Yes. But really, though, I mean, if you hear the name field, you only think of one person. Like, That's you right. Think, you know, you hear like the guy Oprah, from Corn, Rihanna. Right? Or no. like any, if you're like in that category now, where yeah. you hear that name, anyone hears the name Field, they think, yeah, there's you no are, other fields. Are there any other? I can't think of any other. That's fields. a great point. Like, what do I owe you guys right now? Is there <laughs> is, is there some sort of joke that's about? Well, to hit? here's the thing. I wore my uh, my prison Mike shirt for a reason because we're about to break you're down. You're gonna and shred my being nice now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other 58 minutes will be something else. That's yeah. fair. It is true, though. It's like Moana, Kobe, Field. Like, it's basically, just that's basically right. how it works, that's right. right? This is maybe the greatest day of my life, that's other than the birth of either of my children <laughs> and my marriage. Like, this Nothing is the coolest thing ever. Uh, uh, seriously, what, like, are we, like... No, man. It's just, I think, I don't know okay, any other field. I, I really don't know there any other fields. I know, that's I know, a good point. There I know a ton of Daniels. Hey, we, uh, we're presented by Geico, by the way. Oh, so yeah, it's a guy could see all the ways that you could save. <laughs> We've got a big show coming up, Daniel. Huge yes, show. we do. Huge show. A, mock draft, right? Big mock draft. Okay. We are going to go through everything that we went through. Probably mm -hmm. the first eight or nine rounds. We're going to break down, trying to do pick by pick. And then we're going to talk about some of the guys that we like after that. But Field and Mike, really quickly, we did have some actual football last night. Any fun, quick takeaways from preseason? Okay, can I give you two? Go ahead. You can give uh, me okay, two, two, one. Uh, Tank Dell. That was mine. It was like wow. you know maybe yesterday, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going crazy here. But <laughs> Typical yeah, yeah, field. Yeah, right, no so, last name. Uh, there I am. I'm Scott Clark, and you. Uh, yeah, maybe yesterday on the show when we asked like who's the Texan sleeper we should be most aware of. Tank Dell Tank must Dell. have been our answer. The route running savant, third round pick out of the University of Houston looked great last night. And then I got to give some love to my guy, Jake Bobo who went to Belmont Hill, my high school, Okay, had a big touchdown for the Seahawks last night. He's been he having a great training camp. Started yeah. the Duke, went to UCLA. So happy for him. If I'm the Seahawks, I'm finding a way to get him on the roster. And uh, just a cool moment. His family's a, a good family friend. And um, I just, I'm so proud of everything he's accomplished and what a cool thing to see. Yeah. Last so night. cool, man. Very yeah. awesome. I'll just add, uh, you and I did a dynasty startup together last night. One <laughs> yes, of our first did. picks was Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're going young, yeah. mm -hmm. super heavy on uh, young wide receivers. And uh, he looked pretty good too. Yeah, yeah he got, did. Got, he got both, some runs. Both the nice first pitch. round picks in that game. Jordan yeah. Addison looked. Yes, he did. Uh, right. I will have a hard time containing my Jordan Addison love this preseason. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah, man. All right. A lot of more. Anything to look forward to tonight? Yeah. The Lions. Okay. Oh, yeah. The Lions. The Lions. The, just the whole team. Yeah. We're excited to see. I, you know what I'm excited about? I want to see Jamison Williams. Not going to play the first six games. Yeah. So he's going to get a lot of run here in the preseasons. I'm hoping. I just want to see what he looks like here when he gets some real NFL time. Mm-hmm. All the right. thing I'll say is just, and this is actually a game being played tomorrow night, but I know this is a fantasy football podcast. People come here for distraction yeah. and getting away. Everyone's obviously. playing this weekend. Uh, right. Yeah, they are. Uh, but um, cool thing that the Mike Vrabel did, I think deserves some acclaim. Uh, Terrell, Wash uh, Terrell Williams, their defensive line coach and assistant head coach is taking over as the Titans acting head coach starting today. Going into tomorrow, he's been around the league, been coaching for a long time. Uh, we talk about how there's a, a a lack of a pipeline for minority coaches to become head coaches. I just thought that um, you know actions speak louder than words. We hear a lot of people at the high level say the right things, but yeah. good on you, Mike Vrabel, and what a great opportunity for Terrell Williams. Uh, Vrabel's the best. I think by mm -hmm. the end of this weekend, we'll have a different admiration for Terrell Williams, and everybody who knows him that I know speaks very highly. So I thought that was a cool moment to see uh, the Titans doing the right thing in a league that uh, right now um, is sort of at a crossroads trying to figure out how to go about uh, getting more representation at the head coaching level. Heck yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call, Field. All right. We're going to talk with our good friend, Kevin Pulsifer. If you do not remember last week, Field, we were talking a bunch about our friend who had a fantasy punishment, had to fly basically all around the United States, yes. right? Wild. Kevin, Kevin doesn't know what this... We have a... a championship belt here from trophy smack kevin doesn't know what a championship looks like yes he does yes he does well not in this league no no no. he does that's the great part of this oh yeah okay so pulse is here pulse welcome hey guys so, so take us back because i think you have to go backwards before we can get to the present moment you had a run in this it's a dynasty league right yeah. and you had a run oh really and you had reached the mountaintop or you were starting to age right past the mountaintop and you said 
it's time to tank. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is like year eight of the dynasty league. It's a bunch of friends from college. Um, I won the first year, Des Bryant, Antonio Brown. Shout out. D- drafted really well to start the year. Um, eventually just started rebuilding, getting older, trading off some guys. Um, the other weird thing about this draft, we do what's called a steal draft. So you keep like, you protect eight to 10 guys to start, and then you steal a couple guys from each other's teams, like a rule five draft in baseball. Ah. Um, so that's where the chaos really starts. Um, I had enough good quarterbacks. I was thinking I didn't need to protect them all. I ended up losing Justin Fields and Daniel Jones in the steel draft. Ended up stealing Michael Thomas, thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I get a little bit of a bounce back from him mm. this year. Um, so that kind of flipped things on its head. I had to deal with Derek Carr and Jared Goff in a two-quarterback league the whole time. Um, but at that point, I was thinking, okay, not a great team. Let me just hang on a little bit. Um, but the, the highlight of my team at that point was three running backs, Javante Williams, mm. Cam Akers, mm. J.K. Dobbins. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Dude. Yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> what did you do? Like, is, is your commissioner like, is he New Orleans based with a voodoo doll? That's I, I'm the commissioner. <laughs> oh, wow. Is the, is the second in command, <laughs> whoever that is? That's that's it, literally it was the worst between the injuries, the off the field stuff. Uh, we were all high on cam. Make, I was high on cam makers this last year. Um, so that, that, that all just kind of tanked and that ended up being Los Angeles, Denver and Baltimore, three of the cities I ended up uh, traveling to during my punishment. Wow. So okay. you had the three running backs and you ended up traveling to those cities just to, you know, live in the misery a little bit. Yeah, more. So did you, did you take their houses or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a chance to leave the airport, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's what dictated where you went. So let's yeah. talk about this. So, 36 hours. How many flights did you take in 36 hours? Seven flights in six Seven cities, flights. Four okay. time zones. I hit okay. every time zone. Give me, the, give me the flight path. You started in Hartford. That's where we live. So where'd you start? I'm just, sorry. Where'd you go from there? So pretty much just a cross country tour of the whole circle. Okay. We started Hartford down yep. to Baltimore. Okay. Down to JK Orlando. Dobbins. Okay. Yep. Then across to Dallas. What was Orlando for? Uh, it wasn't anything specific. Disney World. There was, I, I, <laughs> if we had Goes the hell out of Mickey real quick. <laughs> if we had booked a four-hour layover in Orlando, I would have left and got a Disney. Okay. Yep. Got yeah. one right in. And I just saw out. you holding a beer at a baseball game. Where was that? Yes, that was in Denver. So okay. Orlando, then across to Dallas yep. and Los Angeles, where I had to spend the night in the airport overnight. You got uh, in and you slept for how long? At what time? Uh, I think it was 11.30 local, so yeah. 2.30 Eastern time when I started the day. So you are asleep in that photo and someone took a picture of you. Okay. Ten seconds time we're on the phone. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you fell asleep in ten seconds though, right? That's it's not a, a very photo. trusting stranger, right? <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. Right. No. Nobody else was around at at, uh, at one a.m. in Los yeah. Angeles. Time. Yeah. That is um, so good. Yeah. So L.A. spent the night over there. Um, then it was in the morning, early to Vegas, then to Denver. Had a four-hour layover in Denver. Uh, so that's when I got out. Got to a Rockies game for like an hour and a half. Saw like the half end of the game. Uh, got a couple homers because that's what Coors Field does. Yeah. And then uh, hopped on the, the long flight Denver back home. Landed Dude, around midnight at home. I respect that hustle so much, specifically in Denver. I can't speak to, I know where Vegas airport is. Denver airport is near nothing. My wife is from Colorado. It is near absolutely nothing. She's yeah. like, yeah, my friend who lives around the corner from the airport. It's like 45 like four minutes five, later. Yeah, it's like, exactly. We made it. So getting the Coors Field with a four hour, like that's like, I would not like to spend four hours at an airport. So you probably, like you said, an hour and a half of the game. Yeah, I yeah was so like two and a half hours. That sounds about right. Yeah, that yeah. checks out. Like an hour and 15 minutes each way to Coors Field. Yeah, the train is all the way end to end. is One end is the airport, one end is Union Station right outside uh, the Rockies ballpark. So I had oh, a, that's amazing. I mean, it was another hour and a half of traveling just to go do that <laughs> instead of just, I could have sat in the airport, gotten gotten a beer there, eaten some food. And but. as a part of this, Kevin, you've been going through, the reason why you went to the baseball stadium, you've been doing like a tour of stadiums. Is that yeah. correct? Since I, my family has been taking me on trips uh, for a long time. So I've been, uh, that was actually my 23rd stadium and my 36th wow. different state that I visited. 36. 36 yeah. states, so. 23 baseball stadiums. I mean, as far as a, like a, a fantasy loser punishment goes, other than like having to sleep in an airport and <laughs> yeah. having to be terrible, like sounds like it wasn't a terrible trip. No, it, it wasn't the Great worst it. thing. Yeah. And I, I'm finally caught up on sleep. I woke up this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm fully rested now. It only, it only took an extra week and a half. Yeah. Nice job, man. And and what's, this was fun. To, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what, do we have a punishment in mind for next year? You know, I want to know. We're making it a little bit simpler and a little bit easier. <laughs> okay. Instead of 36 hours, we're just going to do 24 hours, and you have to take a flight out and back wherever you want. So if you want to fly to L.A. from here okay. and back, you've got six hours each flight, 12 hours in the airport. If you want to fly from Philly to D.C., it's only an hour each way, but then you're stuck for 22 hours in an airport. So I think oh, that seems, I, think I know what yeah. I would do. I take the short flight. Breakfast Miller Lights. Yeah. Lunch Miller Lights. Okay. 
dinner Miller lights. That okay. flight and home is going to suck. It's okay. Whatever. <laughs> You'll be so buzzed you won't know it. Mix in some fireball and you're good to and go. And you're good yeah. to go? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Rather than do the flights, I want to do this, but I want to do it with cruises. Can I take like seven cruise legs all the way around the I United States? I've never been on a cruise before. What? You've never been on a cruise? No. Uh, I mean, I got invited to go on Mike's family cruise last year. Uh, it was Disney Cruise. Yes. Uh, and then last minute he was like, actually, oh. you know what? He's like, you're way too optimistic on Cooper Cup next year, so I'm out. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. No. That's hilarious. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Nope. I didn't nope. actually invite him. <laughs> I don't want to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. be confused for someone who's inviting you on, All right. on family. Well, I want to spin this forward. Anything else you want to ask about this fantasy punishment? No, just first because. of all, like Paul, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, if you guys ever hear like a great stat on fantasy football now, a lot of our full screens all are uh, because of Kevin Pulse first. So when I say right. Kevin Pulse is an incredibly valuable member of our team, yep. I'm underselling it. He is an absolute mm-hmm. rock star and a great teammate slash league mate because if I lost I might have just like moved to a different country and, ch- and quit the league for- <laughs> I might have been like you know yeah. what it's about 36 hours to Bora Bora I don't have enough money to buy a house there but I'm just going to go live there and live off the land instead Stefania's got a couple I been, times I have been pushing a league punishment for the, like the last seven years we've all been talking about it for such a long time and I was like guys this is the year we're finally going to do it and of course it's me that of course <laughs> that's so good how good is that oh, all right man. well I want to I want to mock spin this forward into the mock draft that we did because Pulsifer was a part of our mock draft. In fact, he had the number one overall pick. Kevin, trying to not be the last place team again, who is it that you decided to go with one number one overall in this mock draft? I went with Justin Jefferson. There's no question there for me. It's just too consistent. We've got questions about every single running back at the top of the draft board. The, you, you could still want to start running back, running back, start with get a stud to, to lead off, but I think... It, pretty obvious that Justin Jefferson's the consensus number one, which actually it's only the second time since 2000 that the consensus number one pick has been uh, a wide receiver. Well, All right. right. I mean, it's tough to I be like able to that. argue with that, yeah, to be honest. Good first pick. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to rip you apart later All right. uh, when you're not here. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I'm, I'm staying the whole time. <laughs> it's okay. going to be, it's oh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. I don't want you to be able to like respond. So we're going to cut your mic when I'm, when I'm trouncing your, your strategy here. No, we'll get to that later. Yeah. So pick one is Paul's. I had pick three, no issues so far. I had pick three. And after Chris McCaffrey goes two, I took Austin Eckler. And, uh, you know, I think there was, it was Austin Eckler, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, you know, all the usual suspects there. I decided that uh, Eckler is my highest rated running back and uh, candidly, the positional value at running back is still so significant that I felt comfortable I could find great wide receivers a little bit later. All right. Moving and on then we saw Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey go four, five, six there. That's right. At one seven, it is Bijan Robinson, first rookie off the board, one eight. Saquon Barkley, and then yeah. I was up at yeah. 1.9 field. This was the wow, first sort of interesting pick in the first yeah. round, right? Yeah. Who hasn't been picked yet? Somebody so interesting. I was looking at who was there, and it was a pretty easy spot for me. Yeah. Cooper yeah. Cup totally. fell all the way down to 1.9, yeah. and I thought, how do I not take Cooper Cup here? This is a guy that has been the best wide receiver in football over the last two years. I understand dealing with a hamstring injury right now. To be honest, I'm more concerned about his quarterback, Matthew Stafford, than I am about Cooper Cup this year in order for Stafford to be able to stay healthy. But come on, really? 1.9 getting Cooper. I just, I, I don't want Stafford to fall off the hill with the way that, we, you know, we've had some things happen. I so. kind of feel like the rhetoric's changed on Cooper Cup recently, and it's like extremely surprising to me. Don't you feel like a month ago getting Cooper Cup at pick nine would be the like the heist of the Crazy. century? Oh, yeah. Yes. What, I, I, what is yeah. is it? Do you think it's the like the injury by all accounts is not going to impact him for week one? His hamstring. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, like think, he's, I like, think that's why he's falling, though. Yeah, the and hamstring and Matthew Stafford. This like I think there is concern about his quarterback play. If, if Matthew Stafford's not there, what does this offense look like? And can Cooper Cup still be Cooper Cup? Yeah, um, I, probably pretty close to it. To be yeah. honest, assuming Setson Bennett doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this, right? The big concern is this defense doesn't look good and the offensive line doesn't look good. And it's really comes down to Stafford and Cup. They're going to have to carry this team. And if something goes a little wrong there, or they're both in their 30s, yeah. you know, they're coming off injury plague years. Could this all just fall apart? Yeah. This that all is fall definitely apart the, the biggest question mark. But yeah. at the beginning of the season... Like Cooper Cup might be wide receiver one in week one. For yes. Me. 100%. Yes. Yeah. It took me 0.0 seconds to make this decision with him on the board here at nine. Yeah. Coming off 1.10, Nick Chubb. 111 was Stefan Diggs. And 112, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. That's interesting. Mike Clay. So looking Your back thoughts? over this first round, what do you see? Yeah. So uh, he's been falling. Uh, for obvious reasons, he's yep. not practicing right now. We don't know for sure that he's going to play in week one. And look, I'd rank him round one if we knew he was going to be back. But there's question marks right there. And uh, they've they signed. We talked about this throughout the week, right? They signed Kenyon Drake. They've had Kareem Hunt in for a workout. They might mm-hmm. not be done. There's still some 
interesting free agents out there. So uh, it's a little risky right now. It does feel a little risky to take uh, Taylor in round one, especially because another guy that's not there right now for other reasons or similar reasons, Josh Jacobs fell a little bit. So we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But yeah, I was a little surprised to see Taylor in round one. One thing I'll say about Jonathan Taylor is no matter where he went, if it was going to be in the first couple of rounds, the rest of the roster construction became a whole lot more interesting, mm-hmm. right? And, and this was Jackson Ajello, one of our great producers here on the show. And so the rest of his team, like I think if you're taking Jonathan Taylor, you might have to be a little bit safer in your next two to three picks because there is such a massive question mark surrounding your first overall pick. Yeah, he ended up, uh, as we'll get to, he kind of waited at quarterback and tight end yep. and to focus in a little bit more on getting more running back depth, right? And that's a sacrifice you might have to make. Last thing I'll say about the first round before we move on, I was surprised that there were six running backs that came off the board in the first round. We've been talking a lot about pass catchers being at the top of the board, how we like taking them first. Still very running back heavy in the first round. All right, coming in the second, 2.1. Devonta Adams comes off the board. Yeah. Next up, Derrick Henry at 2.2. Amon Ross St. Brown, the pick right before me. Oh, my God. That was Eric Moody. <laughs> that was a total troll job. And now I'm on the board. I got Cooper Cup there. I was really hoping that Derrick Henry was going to make it back to me. But since mm-hmm. he was off the board, I just decided I'm going to keep piling up at the good wide receivers. Took C.D. Lamb. Yeah, Why not take Lamb at a St. Brown in your ranks? I do not. I have Amon Ross St. Brown. You one do? spot. Ahead. Okay, so you're biased, right? But yeah. anyway, that's a good yeah. fallback. Yeah. You know? Hey, I got, I got two top 10 wide receivers there. CD lamb last year was absolutely unreal. And don't forget about the fact that he played with Cooper rush as his quarterback for mm-hmm. five full games. Dude, I had some more respect for Cooper rush though. By the end of last season, he actually played of pretty course, well, but, uh, but yeah, lamb was fourth in the NFL in targets. And by the way, this offense, uh, I thought Dan Graziano had a good note in his recent camp tour where you know, all the rhetoric has been, all the talk has been, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we're going to run the football a whole lot more because mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is a play caller. Been talking about it. Uh, first of all, like his trends from when he was the Packers play caller was a lot less run heavy than maybe his reputation suggests. And second of all, Dan was like, yeah, the sense I got from being at Cowboys training camp was we're going to throw the football a ton because that's why you trade for uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Cooks and you don't add a second running back behind uh, Tony Pollard of note and why you have CD lamb and Michael Gallup a little bit healthier. Like I think this team's going to throw the ball a ton this year. Yeah. Maybe it's just more situational, like where they kind of didn't agree, you know, yeah. more McCarthy marts. Uh, yeah. Cause you're right. I mean, McCarthy granted he had Aaron Rodgers, but super pass heavy. Very pass heavy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I still see another hundred catches season for CD lamb here in the books. Yeah. All uh, right. Agreement there. 2.5, Garrett Wilson comes off the board. 2.6, A.J. Brown. Let's save this. That's interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting because oftentimes you're going to see Brown go ahead of Amonra, Garrett Wilson, and yeah. Devontae Adams. In fact, A.J. Brown, uh, generally late first rounder in 12-team leagues, or at least right at that turn. So that was one of the better values, I would say, at wide receiver. Uh, granted, I have I do have him kind of lower than most by a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm behind these guys, but most of the time he goes ahead, right? That's just not a guy I've drafted a lot. But to get him in the middle of the second round, that's uh, really great so just, value. Can, yeah, we, can we, uh, Jackson, make sure you get that. So Mike Clay Thanks. doesn't draft A.J. Brown that much. <laughs> As usual, Mike bias towards the Steelers, the only team in Pennsylvania that he cares about. That's right. He hates the Eagles. Fascinating. That's crazy. First quarterback comes off the board. He's not even going to respond to that. He's just going to let it roll. First quarterback comes <laughs> off the board at 2.7, Josh Allen, then Tony Pollard at 2.8, Chris Olave at 2.9. I was Field. About that one. Now you are on the clock. Were you going to go with any of those guys that we I was planning? Play? Uh, well, I was planning to take Tony Pollard or Chris Olave if they came to me. I was ah. not going to be taking a quarterback this early, especially. Uh, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but uh, I was not going to take a quarterback that early. But I was prepared for Tony Pollard or Chris Olave, so I settled with air quotes uh, for Jalen Waddle, which I mean, that's a good. This settle. is about where he is going. You know, player twenty-two on the board, about where I have him ranked going yeah. into the season. So uh, I, I've, I've I've been very chalky so far here in the first two rounds. Yeah, we had that same conversation in that dynasty draft. We we were like Waddle or Alave, and someone made the decision for us and took Waddle. We got Alave, yeah, who we were Alave. actually going to take anyway. So, yep. uh, but, yeah. And fun. then two quarterbacks right behind me, Patrick Mahomes, and then, and then Pulse wraps up with Jalen Hurts. So, uh, I, it's not that. So, I, my three top quarterbacks are ranked 27, 28, and 29 in my overall rank. So, they end mm-hmm. up going, what's that? That's like 21. I'm sorry, 19, 19 plus 23 and 24. Yep. It's, not, it's about a half round earlier than where I would be drafting them. Not totally egregious, but, you know, I think there are some good values. I happen to, uh, you know, there, there a lot of us ended up waiting on quarterback, and I think they, they you were rewarded for that patience later. Yeah, I think two observations on the quarterbacks. One, Josh Allen went first. Yep. You know, it's, you're just going to see that in drafts this year. It's going to be those the big three those are going to be in all kinds of different orders. Some people yep. prefer Hurts. Oftentimes, it's going to be Mahomes uh, that goes first, but... If you're surprised to see the big three all in round two, 
Don't, Don't be. be. That's going to yep. be the trend this year. They're go, they're all going in the second round. You're, if you get one of those guys early in round three, they one of them fell, right? It's just the trend this year. So get used to it. If you want one of those three guys, plan on spending a second round pick on them or it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and you got to figure out if you do take a quarterback that early, how you're going to be able to put the rest of your roster together. All right, let's keep on moving here. Third round, um, 3.1. T. Higgins comes off the board. 3.2, Devonta Smith. Field, back to you. After both those quarterbacks and those two wide receivers come off the board, you've already got Austin Eckler and Jalen Waddle. Where are you going in the third? I said, here, right? yeah, but well, we <laughs> contemplated Justin Tucker. You know, his current ADP is 80. I think that's about 55 <laughs> spots too low. Uh, so I thought I would boost that up. No, I had them with Ramondre Stevenson, which to me, I've, I've made the most boring, but like really useful pick so far to the first three rounds. Ramondre has a real clear path right now to a top five or eight running back season. Yep. Uh, the Patriots still have not added an RB2. Mm-hmm. Last night in the preseason game, we saw all the guys that are competing for that RB2 spot. And uh, I don't think there's any chance that Ramondre has a real threat to him unless they go out and sign somebody at a later date. So love my Ramondre Stevenson pick. All right. Following that, there's a little bit of a running back run that you started field. Najee yeah. Harris at 3-4, yeah. Travis Etienne at 3-5, and then Brees Hall at 3-6, hmm. followed by Debo Samuel, 3-7, yeah. and DK Metcalf at 3-8. That puts me back on the board with Cooper Cup and CeeDee Lamb already on my roster. Only, I mean, but but just quickly here. Yeah, go ahead. Brees Hall going in the middle of the third round. This mock draft was being done yesterday. We don't have, uh, you know, a crystal ball that's going to tell us for certain whether we're going to see Dalvin Cook sign with the Jets or not. It's in the realm of possibilities. But as of right now, that to me feels like a very appropriate spot for Brees Hall. Pick 30 overall, middle of the third round in a 12-team mm-hmm. league. Like, the upside is massive. And right now, the competition is not that significant for the Jets, even if they slow play him into the season. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think that's right in the money. And I was looking at one of those running backs, hoping one of them would fall to me. I, I still felt like there were running backs on the board that I could go with. I've got two great pass catchers in Cup and CeeDee Lamb decided why not run it back a third time? I took Mark Andrews at mm. the tight end position. You want to yeah, know okay. why? Because mentally, I don't have to worry about tight end from here on out. The dude has been a top two guy at the position for the last, I pick how many years you want to go. Now they have 19. Okay, that's fair. Now they've got Todd Munkin coming in and we expect we've seen what Lamar Jackson can do with his arm. Excited to see what this offense can be. So decided to wait a little bit on running back because I'm hoping that either Jameer Gibbs or Joe Mixon can make it back to me in the fourth. We'll find out if that happens because after me at pick 3.10, Aaron Jones comes off the board. 3.11 was Josh Jacobs. 3.12 with Joe Mixon. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs here for a little bit because uh, it's interesting that Josh Jacobs goes nearly two full rounds later than Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. They seem comparably complicated right now. A little alliteration for uh, for the linguists out there. Uh, and you're, you're getting a two-round discount on Josh Jacobs, which makes me feel sort of inherently like that's the way more valuable pick out of those two. I know there are some concerns about Josh Jacobs, even if he plays a full season, mm-hmm. repeating last year's production. This, to me, feels like a much more calculated roll of the dice, getting Josh Jacobs a pick 35 overall. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, it's it's interesting because even last year, you know, on a per-game basis, Jacobs was better, and they're both, both in similar situations, and you're getting Jacobs two rounds later. I agree. I think this was one of the best value picks of the entire draft. There obviously is some risk because of the holdout right now, but if that gets sorted out suddenly, this becomes a, what, a full-round value? Yeah, and Jacobs. by the way, this person, uh, the, this Pick 11. I'm sorry, I forget who this is right now, but already has Stephon Diggs and Derrick Henry. So you've got like two guys, yeah. lock it in, rock stars at their position, and yeah. your Josh Jacobs swing is offset a little bit by the fact that you had Derrick Henry just one round ago. That's Brendan Normie, right? Yes, that was Brendan Normie. That's Brendan who it Normie. was. I was yeah. not in this draft, so I'm just here to be, you know, to be that's the really analyst, funny. but I got the scoop. Yeah. Did you hear about that? What? About, yeah. Okay, that's why that's why that came up. Nor- you you right. called him Normie. I called him a Normie yeah. in the draft. Yeah, wow. right. that's funny. Right. This field doesn't know who he is. Field doesn't right. know who you it's are. Right, your field then knows he, everybody. If he doesn't know you, you're just. Is normie. he like? Is he like in a band? Is this who this Brendan no, Normie is? No, no, no. Oh, okay. a, he is a uh, another person that is close to our producer David Presley as well. Oh, and okay. so that's why that came there. Nice. All right, starting off the fourth round, Amari Cooper four dot one at four two. Lamar Jackson came off the board. Nice pick. And then Jameer Gibbs. I wanted either Joe Mixon oh, or Jameer Gibbs wow. to make. Back to me, you both came off the board, and I couldn't even take Lamar Jackson to stack him with Mark Andrews. Mm, wow, so that's I, rough. I was stuck in a spot where I didn't really love the running backs that were here. I felt like I could keep waiting. There are running okay. backs that yeah. I liked farther down this list. So you know what I did? 
I took Keenan Allen. Ooh, interesting. Keenan Allen has been a top 16 wide receiver for six straight seasons. Excuse me. He has scored 16 fantasy points per game for six straight seasons. He has been a top 12 wide receiver for five of the last six seasons. Yeah. In this new Chargers offense with Kellen Moore, just give me more volume, man. I don't care that he's 31. Yeah. He's my wide receiver three. So I'm good with that there. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think the question would be, and I, I don't have a major issue uh, with this pick. The question would be whether you felt like there were some higher upside swings at wide receiver that you could have taken. Didn't need upside. Did I had you? Cooper okay. Cup and CeeDee Lamb okay. and Mark Andrews. I'd rather have a little bit of safety there. I'm good Totally fine. Well, the next receiver off the board came Calvin the very Ridley. next pick was Calvin Ridley. So there's an example of the guy who might have a higher upside than Keenan Allen, even if a lower floor. And another interesting pick yes. at 42, Mike. Alvin Kamara, your thoughts? Yeah, maybe one of the most interesting picks of the whole draft because this is a guy that's been going in the eighth round of 12-team leagues. He's all the way up to the fourth here. Uh, And the reason for that is pretty obvious. He got a three-game suspension. We all thought it might be somewhere closer to six games. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, This is fine for me. I think taking him at this high now with three games out, assuming you expect normal, regular Alvin Kamara getting a 20-plus percent target share, this will pay off just fine. Uh, the fine. only, I would say, the only reservation with him, aside suspension aside, is he's 28, yeah. and you know, I've I've used this stat before over the last five years. Only four percent of top 15 performances in, by running backs in fantasy have been by 28 plus older uh, running backs. So he's kind of hit that threshold now. Yeah. But I think the pass catching makes uh, could bail him out a little bit. He doesn't need to be a 250 carry guy, you know, to be a, a an RB one in fantasy. As I've thought about it more. The Kareem Hunt visit just gets weirder by the day to me. Yeah. Because you have a three game window where I get it. Right. If you don't know if you don't know for a fact that Kendra Miller, your third round pick at a TCU, is like ready to roll week one, well then it would be a light backfield with just Jamal Williams and whoever else you have available. So if you sign Kareem Hunt for three weeks, I get it. But then all of a sudden it's like from week four on, you have Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. And Kareem Hunt, and I'm assuming Kendra Miller is going to eventually be a part of this rotation as well. By the way, like you keep Jamal Williams real money this offseason, right? It was a three-year, $12 million deal. Kareem Hunt has not signed with the Saints, at least not as of yet. If he does sign, the question that I think I'm going to be asking myself more is, do the Saints feel like what you're referring to, Mike? That like Alvin Kamara is no longer Alvin Kamara, all capital letters, perhaps one of the three most dynamic running backs in all of football. Yeah, it's really interesting because in that situation, you get to week four, you're like, all right, well, you're only 53 active players here. Uh-huh. Or, uh, you know, uh, who's what, sitting? 40, 40, yeah, probably Kareem Hunt's a healthy scratch. So why did you sign him? for three Yeah, games, yeah. So, I, maybe or, maybe it's Kendra Miller, maybe right? It's Miller. Uh, yeah. But it's not like usually if you're dressing a fourth running back, it's because the player has special teams ability. Well, mm-hmm. nothing about the careers thus far of Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt suggests they're going to be like covering kicks. So, um, yeah, I just that 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 visit has gotten a little more curious by the day. Now, if they get him for, you know, the minimum salary, then it's like, hey, listen, it's just it's a it's a it's a low cost, useful thing for three weeks. And even if we cut him after week three because he hasn't been playing that effectively for us, no harm, no foul. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So probably All the same. I would say probably a little early, but not substantially based on the three game suspension. Oh. Kevin Pulse for us a note that he wants to tell us about Alvin Kamara real quick, if we can. Oh, it's no, hold on. It's, it's not about Kamara. It's actually not about Kamara. It's just about the rest of the Saints backfield. We also have Taysom Hill. Oh. Yeah. When Mark Ingram Stealing got hurt. Game. Yeah. yeah. When Ingram got hurt last year, Taysom Hill was the number two running back for that team. And don't like see that. Some of that early in the season. Don't yeah. love that. If you're Mike. using him as like depth and just the ability to play a lot of different positions and you only need three games out of somebody extra, even if Kendra Miller's not ready. Why are you not using him more? Can we talk about the fact that there are a few players that are scarier to face in fantasy football? And taste of health. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. If you have him on your roster, every time you start him at tight end is one of those games where he has like one carry for four yards. Yeah. But the game that you play against it, this is just how it works. I know people out there can relate to me. It's science. This is the science. game it's that you play against Taysom Hill, he has nine carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns. And he throws a 28 yard pass. Yep. That's how it goes. That's I'm just telling you, that's how, uh-huh. how, how fantasy football and Taysom Hill operate <laughs> together. Let's keep rolling. here. All right. Keep it moving in the fourth round off the board at four, seven DJ Moore. Four, eight is Joe Burrow. 
four nine the pick right before field is TJ Hawkinson field. Now you are on the clock. Were you thinking about either going Hawkinson or Burrow by any chance? Uh, I was not thinking about either of those players. When I got to my pick, I examined the running backs, not even though I already had two in the cradle and I decided to go with one of my favorite wide receiver targets in mock draft season so far. It's Jerry Judy yeah. end of the fourth round. Judy, of course, high pedigree player who really put it together in the last five weeks of last season. Ken Walker the third and Miles Sanders follow just behind Judy. More to come on Miles Sanders from me during our NFC South Divisional preview next week. I'm feeling better and better about him by the week. Yeah. I know Michael feel differently. So uh, I was going to say, I've, I've heard some uh, Raheem Blackshear hype. So we'll have to talk about that. Ooh, next week. Um, that's anyway, what's scaring you. Yeah, it's like a in a passing game. Or, anyway, we'll right. talk about that next on week. to round five. But, uh, wait, hold on here. Do we want to talk about Ken Walker for a second? What do you think about that? Um, I'm okay with it. I, I think that uh, here, you start. And I'll, I'll, I'll rebut. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm worried about a ceiling. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that's not going to be involved in the passing game. And Zach Charbonnet, I will say this. Zach Charbonnet was second in line in the preseason game yep. with Walker not playing at all. Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, what was it, D, uh, DJ Dallas DJ was Dallas, first. Yep. Pete Charbonnet Carroll. was second. Yeah. Charbonnet was out there quite a bit, yeah. more than you'd think for a guy that's going to play a big role. Like, he still could. He yeah. still could come week one. But, uh, you know, again, if he's not going to have an be involved in the passing game and they're going to defer some work to a second round rookie in Charbonnet. You don't spend a second rounder for a guy that's not going to see the field that, uh, that worries me a little bit. So fourth round, I mean, it's not egregious, but it's just a guy I'm not going to take this year. I just don't see the ceiling. Yeah. There are other running backs that are being drafted in the same range here. They didn't go necessarily right after Ken Walker or Miles Sanders, but Mm. I do think that there are a couple others, maybe check a, like a similar box that like the upside is limited, but there are a few guys that will come off later on the board that I do think you can make the case for the upside play over Ken Walker. The third, yep, I'm Let's with go you. to round five. All right. Starting at the fifth round five, one Drake London comes off the board, followed by his teammate at mm-hmm. five, two Kyle Pitts, both Falcons Atlanta run. Falcons. And then field, you are up here. Which direction did you go? You already got two wide receivers and yep. two running backs. Yep. I thought that I thought that I could be strategic here and not yet take a tight end. So take a quarterback, which one of my favorite quarterback targets. We've talked about him a bunch. Justin Fields, who has quarterback one upside as in like the best quarterback in all of fantasy. Obviously, we want a more consistent version of Justin Fields than we saw at times last year. But the offense should be better in the passing game. Yet they're not going to take away his running so much that he can no longer be effective on the ground. Wouldn't surprise me if he has 700 rushing yards this season. One of my favorite players in all the NFL. I was debating between him and another Justin, that being Justin Herbert, who went one pick later yeah. off the board. Right after you took Justin Fields, Justin Herbert comes off the board. At 5-5 yep. five, five comes Damian Pierce. 5-6 yep. is Alexander Madison. 5-7 mm-hmm. is Mike Williams. 5-8, we've got Trevor Lawrence. So we've got eight quarterbacks yeah. off the board through five rounds, and now I am on the clock. I've got three wide receivers, one tight end. This is the time for me to finally go with the running back position. And who do I take? The guy that is not sexy, but productive. That's rude to say he's not sexy. Well, sorry. I don't want to get right. We did, but we did talk about that. It's, it's James Conner. He's been a top 10 running back three of the last five seasons. We're interested to see what this offense is going to look like without Kyler to be able to start the season. He's a guy that's heavily involved in the passing game. He still gets the running game work. He's their goal line guy. Who do they have behind him? Other than Keontae Ingram, James Conner is just the guy in the this offense so for me to wait on running back at least i'm getting someone that i feel like is going to get a ton of volume mike mm-hmm. just fumbled his pen i don't it's know if that was a metaphor yikes. for saying that daniel fumbled, that, fumbled pick, that pick is that what it was? He, he did not i'm actually on board with it oh, okay all right <laughs> Look, okay. every year there are guys when i run the projections who are just way higher than yeah. it's just like they stick out like a sore thumb right yeah. and it's just like i can't uh, but it, they don't feel great to pick. They don't and feel it's your fun. point, right? But yeah. and, and Connor's right there in that like 17 to 20 range at running back. Doesn't feel great. He always misses some action. We're worried about this team struggling a lot this year. But uh, he was in a terrible situation the final month last season. He had some of his best and games without Kyler tremendous. Murray. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like you just like you close your eyes. You sort of like cover your eyes. And yeah, you're just like, just all right, like, fine. Draft him. And then it. it's like, all right, play him. Because I'm telling you, in week one, I will probably have James Connors, one of my top 18 rated running backs. Yeah, yeah. And until like something materially changes, that will be the same thing going forward. I'm totally with you. All right. Coming off the board after James Connor, Terry McLaurin at 510. DeAndre Hopkins at 5'11", and then Rashad White off the board at 5'12", to Jackson Agello. Mike, looking back at this, how do you feel about Rashad White coming off the board that early? I... That early, uh, fifth, fifth round, round the end of the f- five six turn. I mean, he was is, going in the yeah, seventh end of round, the about sixth a round ago. in ten teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of working his way up now. I think that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good value. Right? Here's that the turn, example of the fifth now. So. This is the upside play, right? Like of the running backs that are mm-hmm. being drafted around Ken Walker the that third. Was my next point. Yep. Here's uh, one of the upside plays, which is Rashad White, because 
James Conner may have less competition, but other than James Conner, I'm not sure anybody has like fewer competition, uh, like competent bodies in the backfield than Rashad White. Yeah, it's right? uh, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, who hasn't worked out as a third yeah. rounder nope. like two, three years ago. Uh, and then they have Sean Tucker, undrafted. Tucker. Who, Syracuse they're, legend. They're, they're yeah. already like, they're so underwhelmed with their running backs. Like a month ago, they're already like, yeah, he's probably going to make the team. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but the, the, the difference between the Bucks and some of the other teams, like Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots, Dalvin Cook and the Jets. I'm sorry, uh, Brees Hall and the Jets is that like the Bucks are so cap strapped that they don't have the ability right now to pay whatever those available veteran running backs are going to want. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be $15 million for Dalvin cook or something. Right. But it's also not going to be one, right? Like $4 right. million is still $4 million or whatever. The bucks don't have that available and they have basically no leverage left to pull because they've went all in for Tom Brady. And by the way, they won the freaking super bowl. It worked. They're yeah. like the Rams. These things worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tampa is the, like they might claim somebody off of waivers, but if I don't expect that the bucks, like I'm not expecting a Shefty tweet in the next two to three weeks where it's like they signed Zeke, Zeke Elliott's yeah. on his way yeah. to Tampa for his visit. <laughs> and there's a chance that he ends up signing a deal by this evening or something. All right. Going into the sixth round. Six that one Tua Tunga Vialoa comes off the board. Six two JK Dobbins, six three Deontay Johnson, And then it comes back to me, the fourth pick of the sixth round. Again, I've got three wide receivers, one tight end. I just drafted James Conner. I'm kind of going with the zero RB build, a little bit of like a a build here. Decided to go with a guy I think could be a top 25 running back, replacing somebody that scored a ton of touchdowns in a super productive offense. That's David Montgomery taking over that Jamal Williams role for the Detroit Lions as my RB2. I think for here, sixth round. 12 team league for me to be able to get a guy that's on an offense where he should take over that goal line role. Love him as a low end RB two here for me when I'm trying to wait and, and load up early on a wide receivers. Who are you trying to convince here? Myself. Yes, I could tell. Only yeah. thing that I'll say, and this is not specific to you, Daniel is that I'm doing the math here. So we're talking about like a, what two full round gap between Jameer Gibbs and Dave and Montgomery. Montgomery. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like not, not, I mean, it aligns in a lot of ways with our rankings, right? We all have Gibbs as like a mid tier RB two versus uh Montgomery is a, is a low, is like, I'm sorry, a high end flex option. So, um, kind of interesting. We'll see how it bears out. Like I am bracing for not expecting or not, not, not looking forward to this possibility, but like if week one, David Montgomery has like 18 carries and three catches and Jameer Gibbs has like four carries plus four catches. I wouldn't be flabbergasted, would you? I would not be surprised by that, but I will immediately be trading for Jamar Gibbs because that will change. Oh, yeah. oh, it will change over time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I expect, yeah. I think the dynamic here is should be, I mean, it's easy to say like Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift is like the comp, but more like the, you know, the Kamara Ingram yep. days, you know, the prime days in New Orleans. I think that's probably what they're going to be going for. All right. Coming up after that, we've got Trevor, excuse me, Cam Akers off the board at 6'5", Mike Evans at 6'6", mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett at 6'7". That just seems low to me. That guy's been so good for so long. Christian Watson at 6'8". James Cook then comes off the board at 6'9", Field, and we're back to you. You took a quarterback the last round with Justin Fields. A reminder, you got two quarter, two tight ends. Yep. Excuse me. Two running backs, yep. two wide receivers, and Justin Fields. Where are you going here in the sixth? I, the player that I actually thought about in round five is Darren Waller. Who, Fell all uh, the way a whole nother round. Whole nother round. Uh, yeah, and obviously this was the the long stretch for me to wait here. Um, and so Darren Waller, who we've talked about him a bunch. I'm not sure too many players have generated more buzz in the preseason so far than Waller. Looks like the best pass catcher amongst all Giants players. And that's I'm not trying to like be damning with faint praise there, right? Like at his best, and I always I always reference um tight end you which greg olson george kittle a handful of other guys are in charge of they get a bunch of tight ends together and they work out together in the summer i feel like every year we get a new soundbite of one of the tight ends at the top of the food chain being like of all the players in the nfl that are freaks darren waller is the freakiest freak athletically so apex darren waller could be a massive value here in the sixth round my seventh round pick, I want to ask Kevin Pulsifer about it. We get around the clock here in just about how, 30 seconds. How great does it feel, though, when you are looking at a guy in the round before and he's able to make it all the way back to you and you're like, man, I feel like I'm getting great value. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, I did send a couple of messages to the group, to the group. after the fifth pick, and I was like, wow, did you guys see the reports out of Giants Cape that Darren Waller requested <laughs> a trade so to the XFL? So that helped. Yeah, yeah, that does help. Yeah, all right. value. I, I want to comment on tight ends in this area, but we'll get to that shortly because one oh, of the yeah. better values at tight end, I mean, Waller was 
was good value, but yeah. there's another one coming as well. Two picks later. Brandon Ayuk and Dallas Goddard. Goddard. Longer than that, yeah. yeah. Oh. Dallas Goddard came off at six. Oh, my God, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Anything yeah. in the sixth round here, Mike, that stands out to you? Uh, the only other thing I would say here is keep an eye. I mean, I love Christian Watson. I should mention that. He's one of my I, favorite yeah, breakouts. But you say that, yeah. uh, a, a guy <laughs> on the rise to keep an eye on, he seems to be establishing himself as the clear number one back in Buffalo is James Cook. Uh, again, going toward the end of round six here, hype starting to build there. I do worry about his ceiling. You know, you have Latavius Murray and Damian Harris battling for carries. They don't throw a lot to the running back uh, in that offense, but there's no Naheem Hines. It's a high scoring offense. This could prove to be a nice value pick. So keep an eye on uh, James Cook. All right. A wide receiver we talked about yesterday. Christian Kirk comes off the board at 7.1. DeAndre Swift, 7.2. And then you're back on the board again, Field Yates. Which direction are you going in the seventh? Yeah, Chris Goblin, who I think has a chance to look kind of like earlier career Chris Goblin. Kevin Pulsifer, I know you have some thoughts on both Godwin and Mike Evans in this maybe Baker Mayfield led offense. If we're assuming it's Baker Mayfield, then I'm a little more worried about Chris Godwin than I am for Evans. Interesting. Tell me uh, why. So Godwin is actually third among wide receivers in fantasy points from the slot since 2019, only behind Cooper Cup and Tyler Boyd, who okay. both pretty much exclusively out of there. Okay. Um, Baker Mayfield, since his debut, his uh, completion percentage to the slot ranks 40th out of 42 qualifiers. Well, so, you know, the thing is that... Um, Numbers you can leave suck. That's right what, now. That's what yeah. the thing is. I think you May- should leave. Kevin. Mayfield is also the only uh, quarterback in that span with more interceptions than touchdowns to the slot. Ooh, I rough. didn't like any of those stats. I thought stats were supposed to be fun. That I just I made do, me feel bad. You can do some positive Mike Evans fun stats. I don't need positive Mike Evans stats. Uh, I want no, positive you know, Chris like, Godwin stats. Yeah, truth, like truthfully, like uh, th- like those are those are a little bit alarming when you lay it out right there. I still have confidence. So like I I don't off the top of my head remember every slot receiver that uh, Baker Mayfield's play with. Um, but I got to figure that Chris Godwin's better than all of them. So I'm placing my faith as much in Chris Godwin as I am the quarterback situation there. I think he's fine where you got him. That's why he's falling in drafts yeah. to where he did. I mean, both of the Bucks receivers this year represent minimal risk. We've made the comparison before, but this is the Seahawks of 2023 from last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they ended up being major values. And if they hadn't worked out because Geno Smith hadn't been a revelation, who would have cared? You were drafting DK Metcalf as like wide receiver 24 last year. Dude. And Tyler Lockett is like wide receiver 31. So was, same thing this year with the Bucks receivers. Today's video for the fantasy countdown is on DK Metcalf. And I just remember everything about last year. It was like, yeah, we're not going to draft DK. DK is going to play with Gino. Gino sucks. Everyone's out on. And then it's just like, this is, it's why I keep coming back to this idea. Mike, one of the things that you talked about last year that I keep trying to keep in my mind, eventually everybody's going to be a value. You get to a spot where it's like, this guy's still just better than everyone else on the board. Even if you don't like the quarterback play and guess what? Geno Smith fears turned out to be unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Mech have had like 10 more end zone targets than anybody else. Last in the year. entire like 24. Yeah. That's yeah. unreal. All right. Coming after Chris Godwin, Pick I really like seven four George Pickens, someone I'm really excited mm-hmm. about this year. Seven five was Jahan Dotson. Seven six was Jordan Addison. Young okay. a bunch of young wide receivers there. right there. Love that. That one bothered me. Jordan Addison. Yeah, that's your guy. You wanted when he was going to maybe make it make it back. Let's go the other way. We'll do a few. Uh, yes, I mean it was going to be a wait. A, a but, uh, field favorites will come out at some point, <laughs> and Addison will be on the list. All right, yeah. Brian Robinson came off at seven seven, and then George Kittle came off at seven there it is. eight. Hey, Kittle, Kittle, a top five tight end coming off the board in the seventh mm-hmm. round of a twelve team league. Why? Your thoughts? Yeah, and I have some concerns with George Kittle, but this is where I was going here because think about this: Kyle Pitts went. In the fifth round, George Kittle went more than two rounds later. That yeah. is unbelievable value. So uh, I thought that was interesting to have Pitts go in the fifth there like that. That was what the early fifth round. You go all the way back through the fifth around the sixth to the end of the sixth round. You get Waller field then and Dallas, Dallas Goddard, Goddard goes. goes and then we have another like eight more picks till George Kittle comes off the board. So that is tremendous value there for not cool Keith. Yeah. I was actually in a spot where I was about to be bummed because I had taken Mark Andrews earlier and I was like, dang it, George Kittle's going to fall. This is so good, but I can't double up on tight end. What I did instead was go with another running back because I'm trying to find running backs after starting out with a pass catcher heavy build. I loved this. I got Isaiah Pacheco mm-hmm. at 7.9, another upside running back for me. Go ahead, Mike Clay. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this. So Pacheco has missed a lot of time this offseason, right? Do we think there's any chance that week one, they come out, they're playing your Lions, and the leader in snaps for that backfield is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Uh, there's a chance. I yeah. mean... <laughs> I mean, Pacheco, not, again, he's missed a lot of practice. And Edwards, you guys, like, you guys need to give me warnings before you say these sorts of things. Like, <laughs> I wasn't ready for a CEH trigger, Mike. <laughs> not going to lie to you. Chris Paul is throwing shrapnel <laughs> at my Chris Godwin pick, and then That's Mike true. is invoking CEH. Like, I mean, 
Yes. Is, it, is, there a, is there just as good of a chance that it's Daenerys Prince as it is CEH? Maybe. One? I yeah. mean, honestly, with the way that it worked out last year and the way that they're approaching the running back situation, this is a team that can find guys because they don't like. Was I've, Mike on the show when we asked the most random chief to score a touchdown this year? So. I don't think you were. No, I don't think so. But it's that's probably got to be a tight end, right? I mean, My answer was Eric like, Stone Street. So I don't know if you get any more eccentric than that. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be if they're fourth string tight end. Like we, Jody Fortson's going to score. Blake Bell's going to score. Like who's the next? Did you know what's going to happen? Like, I just thought of it. Chief Saholic, who I think is still on the run. Oh wow! The dude who dresses up him. and goes yeah, to the game—that's funny. He's just going to be streaking like you know as he is continuing to flee from the police and just run through the tunnel at Arrowhead Stadium, catch a touchdown, spike the ball, and just keep and running. Just keep running. We're going to find out like eight weeks later, he's been found in like, you know, a, a you know state like <laughs> 700 miles away. I really want a defensive touchdown. I really like seeing the big guys get like when Penae Sewell caught that pass. Like anytime you can see a defensive Beautiful. tackle get in the end zone. Like, Beautiful. Give me Dewan some of those Taylor. things. Taylor. A great story yeah, about sure. Penae Sewell uh, catching that pass from Derek Goff. Part that, of my take recently. Great oh, story if you yeah, haven't heard it. Yeah. When, when was it? It was a long time ago. It had to be at least like 50 years ago. A fan actually ran into the end zone and deflected a pass in, in an actual mm-hmm. NFL game. Seriously? Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that really happened. Yeah. Yeah, no I have to look that up. It I can't it is, uh, it birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, Still love, love you, buddy. You. Still love you, man. All right, uh, we're gonna pulse. You got something you want to add before we keep on moving with this? It was in uh, 1961. The Dallas Texans were playing the Boston Patriots, and a fan ran on the field and deflected. That's it. Yeah, there's video. So, he that. That. he oh, actually hilarious. disrupted, and they didn't catch it. Like they didn't call the play dead or anything. It counted. No way. It's yeah. kind of like that uh, oh, Saints man. play a couple of years ago, where it was a very obvious pass interference in the national championship game that they didn't call. <laughs> you know what, Daniel? If they, if they don't call it. It's not pass oh, interference. That's right. Nah, that was pass that. interference. Big All right. At seven eleven, seven ten, we got Hollywood Brown. Seven eleven. Michael Pittman finally comes off the board after a. That's appropriate because he's always open. They just can't get him the ball. Oh, wow. Hey-o. And then at 7-12, Evan Engram. All right, looking back at the seventh round, Mike Clay, anything to stand out that we haven't talked about? Nope, I think we covered him. Uh, George Pickens, a guy we like, too, is on the rise Love as well. Him. That's a name uh, that he's, he's just going to keep building hype over the next few weeks. All right, at 8-1, Gabe Davis mm-hmm. comes off the board. First wide receiver in the eighth round, then Dalvin Cook yep. without a team, but comes off at 8-2. Javante Williams at 8-3. Do you have anything about those two running backs coming off the board in the eighth round here? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook, we'll see where he lands. I think that's a fine, if he signs somewhere, fine he's value. probably going to be the lead back, right? So I'm fine with that. Javante Williams is interesting, though. What, what are our thoughts there? I mean, he goes in the, what, eighth round, and Brees Hall, in a very similar situation, goes in the third round. I just think the vibes are very different right now. The reporting vibes seem to be a lot different, right? But the vibes are good on, on Javante I know, right now. Yeah, but it feels like, uh, like you know, and we'll have Stefania on Monday. Can't wait for that, but... Uh, Flag this one, Jackson. Flag this one because Mike Mike brings up a good point, but I feel like the Stef- you know Stefania's on the shoulder right here, telling me like, dude, like, have you not been listening to me all off season? Like, it, yeah, it's going to take Brees, some though? time. Uh, Bree, she's she's flexed a little bit more confidence. Right, fair right, enough. No, but but it's a fair good enough. call. It's a good call. Only thing I'll say here, and we got we got to rip through these next few picks, is um, you said Dalvin Cook will probably end up being the lead back wherever he goes, right? But the two most logical suitors right now feel like the Jets and the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. The Jets, he might be the lead back for a bit, but it's it's Bree's also more talented player. Yeah, fair point, enough. Right? Yeah. Dolphins, he might be the lead back, but like, is he really going to just take over that entire backfield by himself? I think that's an easier path to 15 plus touches a game. And if that's the case, an eighth round pick in a 12 team, I think that's fine. Only thing I'll ask good so, so I'm not totally disputing what you just said there. I find it weird though, that like Zeke is like totally unranked right now. And Dalvin is going as like RB 28 in a lot of cases. Well, if one's visiting teams, one isn't right. Zeke visited a team, right? I don't know. I mean, Dalvin visited the Jets and Zeke Zeke visited the Patriots. Oh, he visited the Patriots. That's right. You're right. Fair enough. I don't know. Just like my point point. is that like, I think I kind of feel like Zeke is just like a, we'll get to this later. He's like a reasonable late, late round Mm throw, right? Because if he goes somewhere, I think he's going to be like, he's going to get, he's going to have a role, right? Like Mm -hmm. no one's signing Zeke for him to be just like a A bench warmer. (laughs) Dude, he was sweet in college on like, (laughs) like pass protection, like, you know, blocking, like he could probably, he probably could have played special teams back in the day. I would have gone Javante Williams here at 8.4 because mm-hmm. it came back to me had he made it. There yeah. was just a lot of upside, and I would have loved to add him to but, this running back crew. But you had a good value here. But instead, I went with a quarterback that was on the board that I think has a potential to be a top five guy, and that's Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. 
I waited at the quarterback position. I loaded up on early pass catchers. I got a couple of running backs that I like, and I still landed a quarterback, Mike, that I feel like has high-end upside this late in the draft. I'm thrilled to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, usually going in the seventh, falls to the eighth here. So that's a good, uh, especially where the other quarterbacks went for him to fall that far. Went two rounds after Tua. Uh, After Tua. Yeah, that's great. All right, after that was A.J. Dillon at, uh, excuse me, 8-5. Jamal Williams at 8-6. Antonio Gibson at 8-7. Then Traylon Burks at 8-8. And Zay Flowers at 8-9, a couple of young pass catchers back-to-back, and then we are back to you, Field Yates. Just to, so I ended up picking Rashad Penny here, which this is one of those picks that like I think it's one of two things. like He ends up having 1,000 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns, or I've just wasted my entire eighth-round pick. Yep. I've noticed in the past 12 or so picks, though, that things started to get a lot less exciting in this draft. Yes. right. The players you were taking at this point represent much lower ceilings than the guys that we have talked about throughout the first seven and a half rounds, which that's logical, but just like keep that in mind as you're doing your draft. Like, there is going to be a spot where you have to start settling. And I think that we have reached that spot. Yeah, that's fair. And the only thing I will say here is uh, about Penny is that I think Kenny Gamewell was not even drafted here. I don't see him Correct. on here. That's a name to why. I mean, he's generating some hype. In the that's last what I'm few saying. Days. Is it, it like I have yeah, it could be a four headed backfield. Headed. It could it's be. the Eagles. Plus it's Nick Sirianni. It could be that. Yeah, it's going to say five headed backfield in some and ways. They're, they're hyping up Trey Sermon, too. Who knows? Stop. Yeah. Mike. Too many all. in the backfield. We don't need that much. <laughs> that's the problem right now. Um, all right, coming up after Rashad Penny, Jackson Smith and Jibba at 8-11, and then Samaj P. Ryan at 8-12, another potentially high upside running back that you got in the eighth round. Depends on how things fall with Javante Williams. Anything else that you want to cover real quickly before we nope, get into I think we got it there. Nine, yeah. All right, Khalil Herbert comes off at 9-1, Brandon Cooks at 9-2, and then Field, we are back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took a Darius Tony pick number 99. Uh, might have played like a little bit of a premium here, but you know what? YOLO. And uh, at this point, I just told you how like things got pretty unexciting. This is an example of a player who I think in a perfect scenario, which, you know, how likely is a perfect scenario to happen? Pretty unlikely, but in a perfect scenario could be a pretty useful piece on my roster. Mm-hmm. Followed up by Elijah Mitchell, David Njoku, and Elijah Moore, who I was also considering like with this exact pick. pick. Yeah, I like that Elijah Moore pick. Yeah. After that was Dak Prescott at 9-7, then Cortland Sutton at 9-8. Back to me on the board, and you know what I decided to do? Another high upside running back. Zach Charbonnet is staring me in the face. Guys, I'm starting Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, and Keenan Allen every single week in my two wide receivers in the flex spot. So give me all the running backs I can get to try yeah. and hit on one of these high upside I think guys. He, but I think high upside might be a like, – do you agree with that? It's high upside. Insurance. Yeah, insurance. insurance if yeah. anything happens to Ken Walker, I've got a guy that I think will be a top 15 running back. That That's part I agree with. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. High upside would be like a little bit different of a characterization than I would give for Charbonnet. That's but fair. Well, maybe we should do a segment for like, you know, 10 most valuable insurance policies or running if back. We had a column on ESPN.com with the 10. The oh, 10 that's right. Tristan does write back. that great that's column. Right. That's <laughs> right. Number one on that list, by the way, David Montgomery, number two, Zach Charbonnet. You took them both. There you go. Which is a viable strategy. If you're going zero running back, Waiting which you on essentially running back did position. here. Yeah. I was trying to pull that off. All right. After Zach Charbonnet, you went Pat Fryermuth at nine ten, then Quinton Johnston at nine eleven, and Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. At nine twelve. I think that might be good value for OBJ. If he turns out to be a guy. Yep. Yeah, we talked about him, I think, yesterday, right? Yeah. Late round flyer material right there. All right, so we are through the ninth round of this draft. We are wrapping up pretty quickly here. We got a few more rounds to get through, but Field, first, help us pay some bills. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right. Looking back at the rest of this draft really quickly, guys, we've already gone through the first nine rounds. We can go back and look at a few things if we want to. I feel like we've covered things pretty well. Though. I'm going to give some awards out. So do you want well, to why don't we do this? Do you want to do a full read of the final rounds here? Perfect. Okay. We'll just rip through them. Uh, so we have six picks available per slate. So round 10, start things off here. Anthony Richardson, Damian Harris, Kirk Cousins, Sky Moore, Michael Thomas, Cole Komet, Jackson, our producer who took Tua earlier, doubles up with Anthony Richardson. Don't hate the strategy here because obviously you've got a very solid starter in Tua. If Anthony Richardson goes nuclear, Tua was not drafted so high or so valuable that you can't potentially trade or maybe even have him on the bench if Anthony Richardson pays off. 
Then we go Jacoby Myers, Devin Singletary, Devon A. Chain, Jarek McKinnon, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Tank Bigsby. That's any... Juju there. That was Juju Smith. I'm sorry. Had Jackson. Just so people aren't confused. Oh my Jackson God, I'm an idiot because the what, uh, Jay Smith. Jay Smith. Smith. Sorry. Yeah, he took both. Yeah, yeah that was Zach. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Zach took both Jackson Smith and Jigba and Juju Smith Schuster. There's the end of round ten. You want to handle uh, round eleven? Round Mike? eleven. Or Daniel? I'll take Go for it. Him. Yeah. Jeff Wilson Jr. came at eleven one. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. Then Darnell Mooney. Great Nico pick right there. Collins mm-hmm. came off the board eleven four. Kendra Miller. Alan Lazard at 11-6, uh, Raheem Mostert at 11-7, Jalen yep. Warren at 11-8, then yep. DJ Chark with Rashawn Johnson at 10, Rashad Bateman, the guy that has just left out of this Ravens wide yeah. receiving core yeah. at 11-11, and then Jamison Williams at the end of the 11th round. I like how you said great pick to Darnell Mooney. Like, I thought you were just like someone else made it, like Pulse took him. It was your pick. That's really That guy made a great That guy's so smart. So what a great good. pick. All right, coming back, a guy that we looked at last night in the Dynasty. Yeah, one of the tougher snipes we, yeah, that Dalton we got Kincaid delivered on snipe us. left and right, huh? Dalton Kincaid at 12.1. 12.2 was Tyler Algier, 12.3. Uh, Rondell Moore, then Romeo Dobbs, Geno Smith, and then Marvin Mims came at twelve six. Yeah, I like that. That's one. Of, yep. You're talking about not a lot of fun names on this list. That's someone that's a little bit farther. Sort of. A li- he's a little bit more fun at least. Yeah. Kareem Hunt at twelve seven without a team. Then Tyler Boyd twelve. But that's a great spot for Kareem Hunt, by the way. Because mm-hmm. if he's going to sign with someone, right? If he goes to Indianapolis and Jonathan Taylor's not there, it's the best. Maybe the I mean, it's the mm-hmm. best pick in the last couple of rounds here for sure. And if he doesn't sign with anybody, does yep. this pick and you can just cut it loose? It doesn't mm-hmm. cost you anything, yep. right? Uh, Adam Thielen at twelve nine. Chigo Conquo came nice off pick. the board at twelve ten. Again, another field pick. Rasheed Rice at twelve eleven, and then Jerome Ford at twelve twelve. Yep. All right. So thirteenth round, Zamir White to uh, nice nice value there, right? Because if Josh Jacobs is gone, he's the first man up mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Zeke Elliott at twelve two. Uh, we just saw thirteen two. Then the Eagles. Sam Laporta, Greg Dulcich, nice pick on the Eagles, uh, and then uh, Gus Edwards, followed by Tyler Higby, Dalton Schultz, I like that one there too, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Gerald Everett, and Van Jefferson, been generating some nice buzz so far in Rams camp, and then we wrap things up in the 13th round, Daniel. Kyron Williams at 14-1, Zay Jones, then Jalen Reed, Jalen Hyatt, Jaden Reed, sorry, yep. Jaden Reed, and yep. then Jalen Hyatt, yep. Deonta Foreman, Chase Brown, Rashid Shahid at 14-7, and then... Kenny Pickett he is. finally yeah. coming off the board. One of Mike's guys, Desmond Ritter, a pick later at 14 9. Uh, Justin Tucker, it's a kicker for field. And yep. then 14 14 10 in a 12 team league. Do some math. I got him like 75 spots <laughs> lower than ADP. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is the best pick of the draft, right? Jonathan Mingo. And then Pierre Strong at 14 12. All right. A couple of big takeaways here that I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. no. You do you do your thing. Yeah, Mike. Like, you, this is your time first? to shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All, All right. Talk about go. a couple interesting Hit teams. Us so, yeah, over let's the head do, with your thoughts. All right. We'll do awards first, okay? okay. Awards. Uh, awards. Best quarterback value. Uh, Sean Watson, 8.4 to. Woo! Daniel Dopp nailed it. Uh, best running back value. Josh Jacobs at 311. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. talked about that earlier. Best receiver value. I went with a tie on this one. Cooper Cup at 1.9. Can't oh, argue that with that me. one. That's you. But also, Chris Godwin goes a full Take round that, Pulse. after Mike Evans at 7-3. Like that a lot. Uh, best sign in value. We talked about George Kittle. Goes late in the Seven, seventh eight. round yeah. to Keith Lipscomb. Best draft. One of our colleagues here at ESPN. Pierre. Pierre nails it here. I, I totally uh, disagree with you. Pierre McKay does not nail it. No, Pierre, I love his team. Okay, wow, so here's his. Hmm. So we got Jamar Chase. <clears throat> yep. Tony Pierre Pollard, Green. Travis Etienne, and Damian Pierce are his running backs. Yep. The guys I like a lot. Yeah. Joe Burrow's his quarterback. Yep. His uh, after Chase's receivers are Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Brooks. Love the upside there. Mm-hmm. And David Njoku's his tight end. He waited all the way to what ninth round to take a tight end. Yeah. I love that. I love Do you want to know why? Really good lineup right Do you want to know why that he <laughs> you yeah. like his lineup? Because he, he has rankings? Kenny Pickett, no. who Mike loves. Because he's you got. T- you I turned in Christian Watson, you who you love. Playbook is it? Is that what it was? What did you just turn the play, in? The ultimate draft board. The, the ultimate playbook, draft board. You just turned it into Pierre, and Pierre would not stop talking about. You know what's great is being able to have Mike Clay's list before it actually gets published to be able <laughs> to draft all those guys, and then he drafts everybody that you like. That's why you like his team. That's right. He gets all right. it. All right, it's the smartest guy here. There's nothing wrong with that. How do, did we do well? Will you grade Field and I? Okay, yeah, grades. Uh, this was close, actually. I think you had two of the best teams. And I'm not happy about that. All right. I wore the shirt for a reason. So you yeah, like a hater. Yeah. I wanted to be critical. Yeah. Uh, I gave uh, Daniel a B. What? I'm going to give you. I'm practicing for the for the marathon. Draft okay. We're doing right. Okay. Draft yeah. right. Uh, I gave you a B here. Um, That's brutal. really good. It's hard to it's hard to pick it apart. Really okay. good. Really good team. Thank you. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah. Daniel. And then field. I gave you a B plus. No. 
Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so he's the winner here. What? Mike Clay. The only, the only um, differentiator was the running backs. You know, you're in a, you're going to have to work on running back. It's a I, tough spot. I am. Yeah. 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 It's not a, not a great spot Wait, for you to go into the season. Speaking of running backs, and Mike, the kind of guy that would give you a shirt off his back, unless it's a sweet one like, like this. Yeah. Yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Not, Kevin Pulsifer. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Pulsifer had one of the most interesting strategies yes, this entire did. draft. Let's talk about this for a second because I noticed that Pulse took his first running back at the end of round four, and then Pulse's last seven picks were all running backs. What on earth are you? You are a hoarder. What's the guy's name from hoard, from hoarders? I don't know. Probably Kevin Pulsifer is probably his name. Yeah, that's what it is. Let me break this down. So Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, quarterback, okay. tight end, stack, both okay. top end guys. I would have taken Kittle if I didn't have the stack with Goddard. That okay. would have where I went on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Drake London, Christian Kirk. I'm starting three of those four guys no matter what. One of them is going to sit on the bench and the other is going to be in my flex spot based on bye weeks, matchups, things like that. Miles Sanders, RB1, don't love it. But then the last seven picks, Samaj Pirine. He'll start out before Javante Williams comes in. It's running back. So that's running back there. Khalil Herbert and Jeff Wilson, two still lead backs on their team. Running backs. Tank Bigsby, Jerome Ford, Zamir White, Pierre Strong. All, all I think, pretty good insurance backs. If Josh Jacobs doesn't end up reporting on time, if Ramondre Stevenson doesn't get the full workload, if uh, if Travis Etienne doesn't continue to catch passes. Wait a second. You took seven straight running backs to right. end the draft? No, seven me, straight. So I've got, straight. I've got eight guys. Are, I'm just hoping by week five, week six, somebody's hurt. Week 10, week 11, one of these guys takes over the role and I've got loaded at a at wide receiver. Are you concerned? Like, are you concerned though about like your locker room, like makeup? Because that's yeah, eight that's guys so who all want their touches. That's like, how right. are you going to account for that? Fantasy football is played in here. Oh, in here wow. In the the Pulsifer has tapped into his head. I don't have much up this, there. Yeah. So I, Although, you know, I've got we, a lot of hair. started but. off this, this entire show by talking about how I finished last. So maybe we don't listen. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, after, don't you after you had a great run at the start of that league. So Pulse, one of the smartest people for fantasy football at ESPN in the entire industry. Um, I like weird drafts like that, by the way. I think it's fun. Spices things up. Mock drafts are always fun because it just lets you be able to see the draft board. How are things falling? You get to try different strategies that you wouldn't maybe normally normally try in a regular draft. So I love it. We're going to do another couple mock draft episodes, I think. Yeah, one final thing I noticed, speaking of odd drafts, is two teams, uh, Josh Barbaretta and Eric Moody, both took the strategy of just uh, punting quarterback and tight end, right? Just loading up on running backs and receivers. And honestly... The teams look pretty good. They're stacked at those positions. Josh ends up with Dak and Cole Komet, which is fine. Those could both be top 10, top 12 options. Sure. And Eric ends up with Cousins and Fryermuth, right? So that's like if they're serviceable. Totally and then serviceable. You're just stacked at running yep. back and receiver. Your flex is going to be great. You know, it's funny, Mike. I'm glad you brought that up good. because on the inverse of that, our producer of this show, David Presley, and he talked about this in our group chat after the exercise was over. He went with Travis Kelsey in round one and mm-hmm. Josh Allen in round two. And his big takeaway was, he did not like the net result because it just your running backs are just question marks or wide receivers are question marks. Like his wide receiver one is a really good player, but it's DJ Moore, right? His wider, his running back one is Brees Hall, who also very talented player. But if the jets slow play things mm-hmm. with Brees Hall or they sign Dalvin cook, obviously things change there. So he relayed that like, it seemed okay at the time. Like he loved, you love Travis Kelsey. You love Josh Allen. You you might have legitimately the best player at each position, but man, does it increase the risk if you lose one running back or one receiver to injury, or they just don't play well out of the gates. I think that you can grab one of those guys in the first couple rounds and be okay with it with like a pretty normal draft strategy. But if you grab both of them, that's like an expert build where you've really got to hammer those back half of the rounds, like really hard with wide receiver and hope that the right guys fall with running back because starting quarterback and tight end, it's just a lot harder to be able to build the team out that way. Maybe it gives you a huge upside, but you got to work in those middle rounds for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us here, guys. When we come back next week, we've got a fantasy marathon that yeah, we're we going to be bringing to you. Also, if you're listening until this part of the program, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you say program. Um, yeah. Yes, that's um, the only way to say it. I love program. that. Everything. Um, program. I'll be curious. Like we would love some feedback on these mock draft shows. Like there's, it's, there's not a perfect way to do a mock draft show that I've come across yet like not yet you can't do every single pick in an hour and you know it'd be fun to do it live but that's hard to do as well so like we thought this might work but let us know you can either uh, tweet at us or go to es sorry youtube.com slash espn nfl we're already at one hundred ninety-one thousand subs yes. trying to get that to 200k we were hoping that mike would say that 
to get the influence going. Yeah, Mike, you uh, want to tell the people? Follow, yeah, you should you should follow that NFL on ESPN. ESPN NFL account. Yep. Yeah, this is your job. I okay. YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL. Trying to get 200,000 subs. And if we do, if we do, Mike Clay has said he will do an entire show shirtless. So you decide if that's reason to start following the, 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 the show or not follow the We're show. We're at, at all. One, 185. Subs, subs are one. falling. Subs are falling yeah. now. We're at 161. Okay. All right, guys. If we get to 200,000, Mike Clay will do a show in a Michelin man suit. So that's the I exact that. opposite. Right. I love rebounding that you, now. We're rebounding. love that you wore a prison Mike shirt and I wore a shirt that says you make today better. I we couldn't too, be right? more opposite <laughs> with each other. All right. As usual. We are going to be back next week. We're going to do five days next week. We got the fantasy marathon coming your way as well monday night so much information to be able to come at you same with tuesday we're going to have another awesome mock draft available on espn so check that out but for us bell on monday that's right she's going to be here on the podcast that'll be awesome we love you guys so much thank you so much for hanging out with us don't forget to love each other be kind to yourself you deserve a little bit of grace we love you so much thank you for hanging out with us we can't wait to see you next week see ya pulse is a legend so good Except for the fact that he lost his fantasy league. Oh, no, he did that on purpose, though. That's the first time I finished last in any league in 10 years of playing. It's nice that you could say, I quote, did it on purpose when all three of your running backs got hurt. If you need a stick of tide, field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay And you know that it's a fact Every hater's gonna hate Cause he's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Field Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.